Welcome to Pleasant Grove Church, where Reverend Dr. Classy M. Preston is the pastor. A place where the Word of God impacts and transforms your life. Let's listen to a power-packed message already in progress. I'd rather, I'd rather have Jesus. For when to us a child is born, a son is given. You see, what profit a man to gain the whole wide world but lose his soul? In the midnight hour, when my body is wrecking with pain, I'd rather have Jesus. I'd rather have him than silver and gold. I'd rather have Jesus. continually be in my mouth for this is the day that the Lord has made and we are already rejoicing and being glad in it. Amen. I am so very grateful to my pastor, the Reverend Dr. Classy Preston, for the privilege to stand behind this sacred desk and have the opportunity to bring the final sermonic thought at PGC of 2020. I thank Pastor Joseph for reading the scripture. And I want to lift up for just a few minutes tonight. Walk in the spirit. Let us pray. Father God, we've sung the songs of Zion. Put up prayer to you. And now we come to their word from the Lord. Hide thy servant behind the cross. Thy people will see all of thee and none of me. And let the word and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Walk in the spirit. When you hear the word walk, you probably think about travel on foot. You can walk around a track, 
Um, I can walk across the pulpit. You can walk down the block. Many of us, after overindulging for Christmas, need to do lots of walking to walk off all that food. Or, or perhaps I'm just speaking for myself. I, I don't know about you. In the spirit is describing how you walk. When a law enforcement officer stops someone that they suspect is impaired, they will often ask them to submit some physical tests. They might have them do a walk where they have to walk a line and then turn, or they might have them stand on one foot or bring their finger to their nose with their eyes closed, or they might ask them to do some other sort of test. They are trying to see if the person's physical or mental faculties are under the influence of some impairing substance. Amen. Well, many years ago when I was an assistant district attorney, that was one question you had to ask the officer when you were trying a DWI case. Do you, do you know the physical or mental capacities of the defendant are under the influence of some impairing substance? It was a critical uh, question to ask. But when I say walk in the spirit, I am saying travel this life journey under the influence of something else, someone, namely the Holy Spirit. An impairing substance influences your travel in a negative way, stopping you from being able to appreciate the things that are going on around you. That's why you don't sense that you are weaving out of your lane or you don't sense that you are driving too fast or you don't sense you failed to stop at the stop sign. But the Holy Spirit influences your travel in a positive way, helping you not to get distracted by what is going on in life, helping you to understand that you can make it, whispering, even coaching, if you will. Can I use that? Can I say coaching you, if you will? A coach. If you have ever watched a sporting event, you know I used to play back in the day some basketball and was fairly good, but that's the, I digress. Um, but a good example, coaches are seated by the court and they're like standing or sometimes they're walking and they're yelling instructions to their players. Get down the court on defense, box out, uh, block that shot, put your hands up, stand, get in the way. They're coaching that their players can help understand what to do in the game. The same is true in life. The Holy Spirit is coaching us, whispering in our spirit, coaching us, saying, call this person, whispering in our spirit, saying, turn right and not left, whispering in our spirit, saying, go up and not down, whispering, take this job, not that job, whispering in our spirits, don't go over there at this time, don't spend any time with this person, but go see this person. The Holy Spirit is coaching us, trying to help us out with some instructions so we know how to govern ourselves. But the truth is, just like the players on the court, sometimes we let the noise, the noise in the arena drown out the coach. What are you talking about, Reverend Bell? What are you talking about, Reverend? We're not in an arena. In fact, you can't even go to the arena. Well, some places you can, but only two or three. You can't take 10, 20, 30,000 like you used to be. But God is coaching us in the arena of life, and you've got to drown out all the other noise. 
hmm, I think that is why when God deals with me about sermons in the wee hours of the night, because I'm busy. I had to do more in the morning than most people do all day. And I'm running here, there, and yonder, and checking things off my list and getting it accomplished. And so God needs me to be still so I can hear from him. And so often I work on sermons about 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. I said, Lord, why can't we talk in the day? He said, if you learn to be still, we could talk during the day. God needs us to drown out the noise. But all the noise doesn't come from external. Sometimes the noise comes from the internal. You do know that the devil likes to play in your mind. He wants to whisper to you that you won't be anything. He wants to tell you that you can't do anything. He wants to tell you that mama wasn't nothing to your daddy, won't nothing to you, it won't be nothing either. You rebuke the devil and tell him to flee. But we get distracted. In fact, when Pastor called me and asked me would I preach tonight, uh, she knows that there might be a couple of significant events going on this week, I think, tomorrow maybe, about 1 o'clock, incidentally. Um, and she thought, wondered if I might be distracted. And I said, no, 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 no. I'll be glad to preach, Pastor, and I think it'll be fine. Mostly, I said that for two reasons. One, because I very rarely turn down an opportunity to bring the word. And secondly, this, this distraction that she was thinking about was supposed to be yesterday and tomorrow. And so I thought everything would be all right. But as it turns out, it's tomorrow. And I found myself, if I tell the truth this week, being a little distracted. Being a little distracted. The enemy didn't want me to focus on the word. Uh, the enemy didn't want this word for me to call pastor and say, Pastor, you know what? Maybe you should get somebody else to preach. Um, but I said, not so because I'm walking in the spirit. I can overcome. Greater is he that is in me than is he that is in the world. And no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Hmm. Many of us wear multiple hats members. Uh, we are sisters and brothers and mothers and fathers. We are, we are employees. We are employers. We're neighbors. We have multiple hats that we wear. We have lots that we do, but we got to get this thing in the right order. You do know if you're going to make some coffee, and for those of you, some, maybe some of y'all drink coffee. Y'all probably go to Starbucks. I don't go to Starbucks. It's too high. Um, I drink some fashion Maxwell House or Folgers at the house. It works just well. Put a little French vanilla and it's all good. But if you were trying to make some coffee and you put the water in the back of that pot, I know y'all, I don't use the cucumber, but I do it the old fat. I put the water in the back of that, that container. And then if you don't put any coffee in that little basket and you put it in and you turn it on, all you're going to have is some hot water. It's not going to be any coffee because you didn't put all, everything in in the right order. In this life, if you're going to get things right, if you're not going to get distracted, if you're not going to let the noise keep you from doing what God has called you to do, you got to get things in the right order. What are you talking about, preacher? Let me make it plain. In Matthew 6 and 33, it says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added. If you really want to succeed in life and, and, and move into the place that God has for you, to be you must walk in the spirit the spirit will tell you when people are laying traps for you the spirit will tell you when folks are out to the spirit will tell you when somebody's about to stab you in the back the spirit will tell you don't go here because there's gonna be a deadly accident and i'm not through with you yet you must walk in the spirit 
And if you really want to succeed at walking in the spirit, then you have to know that the Lord is your shepherd and you have to listen. That there are some benefits to God being your shepherd. I'm just going to name all of them and we're going to be out. Uh-uh. The first one is the spirit will protect you. Hmm. The first reason to walk in the spirit is the Spirit, walk in the spirit as the spirit will protect you. Originally, God had human beings protected. He put them in the Garden of Eden, a special place where they were protected. They had everything they needed. They, had, they could walk to and fro, and they could spend time with the animals, and they could relax. They didn't have to go to work. We would have enjoyed that, wouldn't we? Um, just walk in the spirit. They were protected. But then the serpent got hold of Eve, and Eve got a hold of Adam, and sent into them to and the protection was gone temporarily. You did, did hear I said temporarily. Thanks be to God. God, God is short. Uh, he's a short memory when it comes to the wrongs that we do. And he's long on grace and mercy. And personally, I'm glad. I am glad about it. Him being long on grace and mercy. Because mercy suits my case. They were in the Garden of Eden. And God. They, they, they just threw away God's protection. But God still sends protection. He protects us like a shepherd protects the sheep. You know, a shepherd tells the sheep where to go. He uses that long hook rod thing, and he guides the sheep and takes them away so wild animals won't devour them. God is our shepherd, and he not so much is protecting us from wild animals, but he's protecting us from the wild devil who is walking to and fro, seeking whom he may devour. God is protecting us. Protecting us. Have you ever been driving, and you, 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 you normally have a route that you take? going and then something in your spirit just says go why you should go this way and then later that night you get home and you see that fatal wreck on that street and don't you say just thank you Lord thank you Lord for protecting me protecting me have you ever gone to the ATM a little later than you should have gone to the ATM you ought to go in the daylight amen let's use wisdom um, that God has given you go at night and you you, you get and you go on about your business and then you find that a robbery happened just a minute or two after you left. God was protecting you. God will protect you. This Holy Spirit is coaching you saying, leave it this time. Go this way. Go that way. Hmm. Isaac Karee back in the day, I, I know I'm dating myself, but it's all right. I like this song. He had a song with James Fortune called, But God. In part, it said, every time I think I'm all by myself, I just look up in the sky, and that's where I find my help. Hmm. Later on, it says, you were about to lose everything but God. When the doctor said, any day but God. When the devil tried to test your faith, but God, but God. Give me one reason why you should still be alive. That accident you passed last night should have claimed your life. It would have been you in the grave. It could have been you with the pain. When the judge said 20 to life, they should have been calling your name. But God, but God, God has 
has protected us. He has taken care of us. Don't you know we've been in a pandemic and hundreds of thousands of people are dead? They have left here this year and we are still alive to come and worship God. Nobody ought not have to pump you up. You have had the protection of God and you ought to be grateful. The second reason why you ought to walk in the spirit is because of God's provision. Hmm. It says, look at verse 5. It says, you prepare a table in front of me, before me, in the presence of my enemies. You anointed my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Your cup runneth over. What cup? Yeah, it might mean that you poured too much in it, but when your cup runneth over, what it's really talking about is you have so many blessings, you don't have room enough to receive it because your cup runneth over. God has so blessed you, you don't even have, you can't even pick up enough and put it in your pockets or put it in your purse or put it in a bag. God has so blessed you, you don't have room enough to receive it. God's provision, he has cattle on a thousand hill. Why would you trust him? He will bless you with his provision over in second kings chapter four elijah comes and there, before he gets there the son of a prophet had recently died and the poor man's widow is in dire straits apparently the man left some outstanding debts Incidentally, don't leave your family no outstanding debts. Pay them off or get some insurance. That's just a free aside. <laughs> he, apparently, the man left some outstanding debts, and a credit holder had discovered the borrower had recently died, and he had no compassion. You do know those creditors will have no compassion. When it's time to pay, they will have no compassion. They, will say, they, they won't care that your loved one has died. They just want to know, when are you going to send the check? Is the money in the mail? The creditor was demanding immediate payment. Furthermore, he was threatening to enslave the widow's sons. Thanks be to God, we can't be enslaved over our debts, or some of us would be in chains. Another sermon, another sermon. <laughs> I got to stay focused on this one. He was threatening to enslave the widow's son if she couldn't pay her husband's debts. And she had nowhere else to turn, and she went to Elijah asking for his help. And Elijah responded to her, and he wanted to know what did she have to work with. What are you working with? He wanted to know, what, what am I working with? You know, when people want your help, you want to know, well, well, well what have you already done? Oh, what am I, am I working with? And she told Elijah that she had a little bit of oil. Now, a little bit of oil don't sound like a lot. A little bit of oil might have just been enough to put in some pancakes. I don't know. Um, but just a little bit of oil. And he told her to go gather up some vessels. Um, can, I, can I do it this way? He told her to go gather up some pots, if you would. Can I say it that way? Because, y'all, you know, we might get a little confused. I might, you might have to look that up and see. Say, go gather up some pots and, and keep gathering. And don't just get a few. Just keep gathering and keep gathering and keep gathering. And gather up some pots. Borrow from everybody you can find. Get all the pots and bring them here. And the widow was obedient. See, that, that messed some of us up right there. Because when Elijah said, go gather some pots, we would want to know why. 
why do you want me to do it? If God is blessing you, how dare you ask why? How about thank you? <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Father. I can't go quickly enough. Thank you for even listening to my situation. Thank you, but we want to know why. Thanks be to God, the widow didn't want to know why. She got one guy, brought him in. And then he told her to take that little bit of oil. Now, that didn't make a whole lot of sense. Anyway, she just had a little bit, maybe like the little bit of water I got left in my bottle. It's just a little bottle, too, because, you know, didn't want to be running. Uh, but just a little bit of bottle, a little bit of water. She had a little bit of oil. And he told her to take that oil and pour it in those pots. That, that didn't make any sense. She just got a little bit of oil. She surely don't have enough oil to all these pots, but the widow didn't ask Elijah any questions. When God has sent his man of manservant to you to speak a word and he's trying to bless you, don't question God, just do what he tells you to do. She took that oil and she poured it in those pots and she kept filling and filling and filling. It God's math is pretty good. You know, my math is two plus two is four. But God's math, two plus two could be 100,000. Oh, I like God's math a lot better. I don't know about you. I like God's math. She had a need, and not only did God supply her need, but he gave her more than what she needed. needed. Sounds kind of like doing exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think. Why would you want to not walk in the spirit? The poor widow's story was one of insufficiency, but God's provision, ha, God's provision was of abundance. Abundance. I serve a God who is abundant. If we were all in person here at the church rather than online, I could take a quick survey of everybody in the church. Has anybody, but I could talk, I a few people in the church, has anybody ever had a bill due? And when you looked in the church, you didn't see anything in there that could pay the bill that was due, but God, but God, somebody blessed you with an opportunity or an anonymous person sent some money in the mail or a job came through that you weren't expecting or a refund that you've been waiting on automatically showed up. God just worked it out for you through his provision. When I was in my first year of law school, we had, I was blessed to have a tuition fees book scholarship, but we had to pay for living expenses. And so we decided that I would stay in a room at a, a house of a friend of a friend of my mama's. And that was fine. I was studying my torts one night, and it was a nice enough house. And all was well until a little mouse <laughs> crossed my path <laughs> while I was studying for the to to studying my torts. Now, how about everybody in the house knew that a little mouse had crossed my path because I made it plain. You know, I'm not a very soft-spoken person. I, I probably could, if we weren't trying to stream live so people could hear, I could probably put the mic down and y'all would still be able to hear me, but I'm going to be obedient. I hold the mic so the folks listening at home can see. But the mouse crossed and I screamed and the whole house came and I said, it's a mouse, it's a mouse. And the, the lady who owned the house said, oh, I'll get the exterminator here. And I was grabbing and I said, stay right there, stay right there. And I was picking up stuff, and I got my stuff, and I put it in the car, and I drove to Garner because Bill and Janet Bell lived in Garner. 
And they locked the storm door at night, so I had to ring the bell. And I rang the bell. My dad came to the door, and he said, oh, hey, Julie, we didn't think you were coming home. What's going on? I said, there was a mouse. And he said, so you spending the night? I said, I got my stuff. He said, what are you going to do about school? I don't know, but I'm not staying with the mouse. Can't do it. Can't do it. Rembell does not do critters in the house. If you don't pay rent, you can't be there. So I went to school campus, and I went to the financial aid office. Now, you do know that when you're in the middle of the school year, they've already passed out all the financial aid. It's done. It's over. There's a deadline for that. You got to turn that stuff in early. Incidentally, be prepared, students. Amen. See, we teaching tonight. You have to turn that stuff in early. And I went to the financial aid people, and I said, here, I need some money for some place to live. And they said, you don't have any place to live? I said, no, I do not. There was a mouse. And that very day at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, they approved some financial aid for some housing expenses. Hallelujah! If you understand, if you've been to a university, you know that's about the bureaucratic place where you have to go to person after person. And this is not like a little small school where there might just be a few people and so you could get a hookup from somebody. This was the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill School of Law. And they said, yes. And then God provided an apartment in Carborough for $300 a month. Hallelujah! No, tell me my God will not provide. He has cattle on a thousand hill. He will provide. You want to walk in the spirit. Don't you know if I had called somebody up? You know we love to call people up when we're going through. Girl, what you think I should do? Well, you shouldn't go to the Go to the office. They're not going to give you no money. It's the wrong time of the year. I would have missed my blessing if I wasn't walking in the spirit, listening to God, not worrying about whether it was going to happen or not. Is anything too hard for God? You're going to walk in the spirit. God's coaching you. Go to the financial aid office. Okay. <laughs> What I have to lose? I wasn't staying with the mouse. <laughs> so I went to the financial aid office, and I got housing money to be able to get in an apartment that I could pay. Now, I didn't have any money for food, but that was another issue. <laughs> God worked that out in another way. <laughs> but got the apartment. God will provide. You must walk in the spirit. Now, not only if you walk in the spirit, does God protect and does God provide, but God corrects. Mm. Y'all might have been with me. You know, protection was good. You were like, yeah, that's good. That's good. Check, check, check. And then when I said provision, oh, yeah, yeah, provision, we all good. You know, we like name it, claim it, call it, haul it. We like that. But now, Reverend Bell, I can't hang with you on the correct we, we don't like to be corrected. We don't want anybody to tell us that we're wrong. We don't want anybody to tell us that we're out of line. We don't want anybody to tell us we got it wrong. How dare they say they didn't like what I did? How, we just get all in a tizzy about it. 
God corrects because he wants the best out of you. He has a plan for your life. He has some things he wants you to be able to do. He has some places you want you to be able to go. And you can't go raggedy. So God corrects. When Saul, the apostle Paul, was initially Saul. And he persecuted the followers of Jesus. And on the Damascus Road, he had a conversion experience. Anybody ever had a conversion experience? God, God knocked him over and struck him blind with a beam of light. That's all he needed. He didn't have to have a bunch of people take him out. He really could just... God knocked him over with a beam of light, struck him blind, and he remained blind until Ananias, till God sent Ananias uh, to come see him. And then he became, so he could see again, and he became Paul and wrote a ton of the New Testament. God can correct you. He needs to correct you sometime so that you can be available to the assignment that he has for you. Because if he doesn't correct you, you're not going to be any good to anybody. My mother believed in correction. And she did not believe in timeout. I don't know nothing about timeout until I got grown. <coughs> she believed in wearing you out. <laughs> when you were out of line. She understood that if my sister and I were going to be able to do anything, we needed to walk a certain way. We needed to understand that there were some things that were out of bounds, some things that you weren't supposed to do. She needed to correct us. And she did so often. But when you walk in the spirit, God will correct you. And that correction will be for your good. Then the word tell us that all things work together for your good. But as a condition to them who love the Lord. So that means when God is correcting you, it ain't a bad thing. It means God loves you. I don't know about you, but I'm glad God loves me. I want some correction. Tell me what I need to do, Lord. Because God desires to bless you and use you when you're walking in your purpose. It is awesome. So God corrects you. Finally, you should walk in the spirit if you want to be blessed by God. Hmm. Blessed by God. Verse 8. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Goodness and mercy, goodness and mercy, goodness and mercy. Anybody in the house ever experienced any goodness and mercy? Anybody in the house ever didn't get what you deserved, but got some goodness and mercy? Some grace? Grace? Anybody ever deserve justice? And you got mercy? I don't know about you, but I shouldn't even be here. <laughs> but God. But God. Some of you were liars. But God. But God. Some of you were cheaters. But God. But God. Some of you were adulterers. But God. But God. Some of you were robbers. But God. 
are blessed by God. You are blessed. And what's so good about this blessing is not just blessed here while you're on earth, but you're blessed for all eternity. If you believe in his son and confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you will get to dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever and ever. I know this pandemic feels like it's going on forever and ever and ever. It was a long time since March. Trust me, I know. Most stuff happened in March. Anyway, <laughs> I digress. But if you are blessed by God, you will get to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hmm. Whatever's going on around here, it ain't that bad. It's not that bad. God's got you. You are blessed. You need to walk in the spirit. Who knows, but God sent this pandemic so somebody could come to him and learn to be saved and learn to call on the name of the Lord. Maybe God sent this pandemic so we can spend some time with our families at home and get to know them better and talk to them and listen because we didn't have no time because we had to go here and there and yonder. So now you ain't got no place to go. So you sit and talk to your family. How you doing today? What's going on? Maybe God sent the pandemic so we could spend some time reading the word. No time to read the word. We had to go to the grocery store and we had to go to the movies and we had to go to the concert and we had to go to the club and we had to go see Johnny and Susan play some bid or space or whatever it is y'all play. I don't know. Um, and God said, well, now you ain't got no place to go. You got some time to read my word. Do you have some time to talk to me? You do know if you're going to talk to somebody and spend any time with them. You got to spend some time. You got to sit down and you got to listen and you got to talk. But we were so busy. We had so much to do. God said, you got any time now? God is blessing us. You walk in the spirit. When you walk in the spirit, God is coaching you. He is telling what you, what you need to do. He is a miracle worker. He is a miracle worker. He is a, we, they sing a song, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. Never stop. Never stop working. God is wanting to work in your life. You don't even know what God has in store for you. Christmas was coming, and I knew what Elizabeth wanted, and I already had it. I got, you know, Rebel is a planner, so months ago, I had it. I had it hid in a good place, and I put it in a big box so she wouldn't know what it was. And I saw her checking out the boxes under the tree. And she was looking a little disappointed because she didn't see the box the size of what she was looking for. <laughs> Sometimes God has your box under the tree ready to give to you, and you get discouraged because you don't see what, God, what you're looking for. You better open the box on Christmas. Morning, Elizabeth opened the box and out jumped her Apple Watch. Hallelujah! <laughs> and she was happy. She, she didn't know she was getting her Apple Watch. She had it on the day. She said, Mommy, you should get one and talk, walkie-talkies. I said, no. I'll do Apple. I do Android. 
God is wanting to bless you, and he has your blessing, but because it doesn't look right, we don't want it. You are missing your blessing. This is a faith, not by sight. So you need to walk in the spirit. Don't worry about what it looks like. Ha! Don't worry about what it looks like. God has a blessing. It will, we don't you miss your blessing because you're worried about what it looks like. You ever been to somebody's house and they fix the cake and they say, I'm sorry, I had, when I took it out the oven, I kind of broke it apart. And then they put that frosting on it anyway and it looks kind of jacked up. And so you're looking at that cake thinking, I don't want any of that. It doesn't look very appetizing. But you like me, your mama taught you you should be polite. And so they cut me a little sliver and I'll try to eat a little bit. Some of them cakes that look ugly are good. It depends on what's been put in the mix. Ah! Depends on what's been put in the mix. Depends on what's going in. God's putting a little little blessing, put a little happiness, put a little provision, put a little substance, put a little surplus. It depends on what the mix. Don't go by what it looks like. Go by who you know. You know the great I am. He that is able exceedingly above all you can ask and think. Walk in the spirit in 2021 and you will be blessed. We're going right here. We're going right here, y'all. And sing. Every praise is to our God. Every word of worship with one accord. Every praise. Every praise. Every praise. Every praise is to our God. To our God. Come on all over the world. Let's sing hallelujah. Sing hallelujah. Yeah. To our God. Glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Come on. It's to our God. Every praise. Every praise. Come on, say every praise. Every praise. It's to our God. It's to our God. Bishop, you know how we do it. Let's take it up. Say every praise. Every praise. It's to our God. Thank you for listening. It is our prayer that this message will enlighten and empower you to do the will of God. If you have a prayer request or praise report or would like additional information on Pleasant Grove Church or other recorded messages, come visit us in person or write to us at Pleasant Grove Church, Post Office Box 3603, Cary, North Carolina, 27519. Or call us at 919-363-5198. Or visit us on the web at www.pgc-carry.org. Thank you again.